Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Madison, and I am so excited to be here with you this morning. I have been on staff here for the last two and a half years, and I have been pastoring the middle school students of this church, and it has been my greatest joy, and it also has become my dream job. Fun fact. The re- <laughs> the. The reason why I love pastoring these kids is because, one, I get to be a kid alongside with them from moments of like drinking and chugging eggnog with them or drinking pop and seeing who fa- how fast like one can drink a can of pop or spending all night together at an all-nighter or even, I don't know, just the fun games and uh, wonderful nights that we have. But most importantly, the reason why I love pastoring the middle school students is because I get to see them in the most foundational years of their life and how they gain a new perspective of who Jesus is as they grow with their character of who God is, as they learn about prayer and how they have this awe and wonder of who he is. And it's so encouraging. It fills my heart and I love it so much. And I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful. And so Pastor Dave has been away for the last couple weeks. And so he's asked a few people to speak and he asked me as well. And I have the honor and I'm excited to speak with you this morning. So we've been in a series called POV, Point of View, and I'm going to go through a little recap of what we've talked about in the last few weeks, and then I'll tell you which character I chose to speak about in the Gospels. So first we had Pastor Dave speak about the demon-possessed man in Mark 5 and how Jesus is the stronger man. He brings transformation in our life. Then we had Pastor Nick talk about the rich young ruler And being Christians and followers of Jesus and entering into heaven, it requires everything. And then last week we had Pastor Al speak about Thomas and how Thomas had questions, doubt, but then in the end decided to put all his trust in Jesus. So before I tell you who I chose to speak, I have a question for you. My question is, have you ever had a moment or an experience or an event or a day where you thought it was going to go one way and then it absolutely went the other way? Yes, yes. I would I would think everyone would say yes. So I had an experience like this. Two years ago, it was in the month of September, which was falling right around my birthday. And my friend Rose and I, we have grown up together our whole lives. We've been best friends. We're just a few months apart. And her and I didn't grow up going to the same school. So we would catch each other once a month just to do a hangout, to catch up, talk about life, talk about Jesus, talk about friends. And so her and I had planned to go on a walk down at Mission Bridge. And Rose was in the middle of studying for her nursing degree. So she was studying all day and all night. And I was just waiting for her to finish up studying. And I was like, okay, Rose, like, call me when you're ready. Hours went by, and I'm the type of person that, like, loves to go, 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 do, do, do. And so I was just waiting around. So I ended up doing everything I could to, like, you know, waste the time. So I ended up doing some laundry. I probably talked to my roommate at the time, Megan. And then I probably washed my hair, and I just wasn't ready to go on this walk. And so Rose calls me. She's like, okay, meet you at Mission Bridge in 10 minutes. And I was like, oh my goodness, like my hair was wet. I just wasn't ready. I didn't have a nice cute outfit picked out. I just was a mess. And so Rose and I go and meet each other at the Mission Bridge for a nice sunset walk. And I go drive down. And of course, the mission trains take forever. And so I get stopped by a mission train. And I was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally the train passes and there was just this process of me just like trying to get there. 
Then I park my car, I see Rose, we start talking, chatting, and I tell her about my life. I tell her about my day, how I had to wash my hair, all these different things. And then I start talking about my one friend, Raj, and I was like, oh my goodness, Raj, da da da. And as I'm talking about him, I see him walking towards me. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing of my life. I'm talking about him and I'm seeing him at the exact same time. And then it was crazy as I walked closer, I was like, what is going on? And my friends had decided to set up a whole surprise birthday party for me at the Mission Bridge, and I had no idea it was coming. I was like, what? Like, you guys, I don't have a cute outfit on. Like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> it was so unexpected, and it was an experience that I just didn't know that I even knew I needed. I felt so loved and celebrated. And so, as we get into this sermon this morning, my hope and my prayer for you today is that as we've seen people through scripture being challenged, pruned, changed, I just pray that today through the story of Mary Magdalene, that you see how her heart was changed and how it was healed as she met Jesus. For what she thought was the end of a chapter unexpectedly became the beginning of her new life. And so we're going to flip to John 20 today. This takes place right after the crucifixion of Jesus, right after his body was taken to the tomb to be buried, and after it was on the third day where Jesus took his last breath after that day. So if you want to flip to John 20 with me, or it will be on the screen above, um, but we're going to read John 20, verse 1 to 2 to start. So it says, Early on Sunday morning, while it was dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter, the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, I have taken the, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So pausing there for a second. In the beginning of John 20, we see that Mary Magdalene wakes early in the morning. And as I was studying this scripture, I thought that was so encouraging just for us as a congregation, but also for myself, that she woke early. She didn't wait until later to go see Jesus at the tomb. She didn't go wait until the evening, but she chose to honor him early in the morning. Just as we can, as we read his word, as we pray, as we seek him, we can start our day early in the morning, seeking his face, knowing his character, and honoring him. So we continue reading, and we find that Mary Magdalene's point of view was transformed by Jesus as she drew closer and closer to him. So now we're going to jump down to verse 11 to 18. And then, so verse 11 says, Mary was standing outside of the tomb crying, and she wept, as she wept, as she stooped and looked in, pausing there one more time. So as I read this over and over, I kept reading it as she stopped and looked in, but I think that's just because I thought it flowed better. <laughs> but then I realized that this word actually has great importance. The word stooped actually carries uh, imagery of how Mary's body posture was. She was carrying this grief and her body posture was hunched over because she was going through pain of everything that had just taken place in the last few days. So it, it brings the imagery of how we can look at Mary through this story. So verse 12 says, She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they've put him. She turned around and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener. Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. 
Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbani, which means Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go and find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father, your Father, to my God, your God. And lastly, verse 18, Mary found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord, and she gave them his message. So let's pray before we go into the rest of the message, because I know God wants to speak to us and transform us this morning. Jesus, I thank you so much for your scripture and for your word. I thank you that your word says that you are alive and that you have rose from the grave. God, I thank you so much for the perspective of Mary Magdalene that we can listen to and learn from today. Holy Spirit, I pray that our eyes, our ears, and our hearts will be open to what you want to speak to us. We thank you so much for your word, for your promises, and for your truth. We love you, Lord. Together as a church, we said, amen. Awesome. Okay, so my first point for you this morning is that Mary was in a state of grief. As Mary, was in the to- as Mary was at the tomb with Simon Peter and the other disciples, they left, but she stayed. She stayed looking at the tomb with fear, heartbreak, sadness, full of grief of what had taken place over the last couple days. Her relationship with Jesus had grown strong over the past few, the last little while, because even in scripture, there's stories about her and her relationship with Jesus as they were close friends. But what she thought was going to happen and how she thought that there would still be pieces of him still left in the tomb, they had actually been stolen, is what she thought. If we look earlier in the story of Mary Magdalene, we see that she went through a traumatic event with her brother Lazarus. In John 11, she was broken over the fact that her brother had died. Scripture says that she was wailing and weeping, longing for him to be alive. If you know that story, we know that Jesus did come and he raised Lazarus from the death. But that doesn't diminish the fact that Mary had to go through those emotions, that heartbreak and those feelings. So you can imagine that the fact of when she was with Jesus at the tomb, that those same emotions, feelings arose. I know that grief is a hard and sensitive topic. For myself, I've walked through seasons and emotions of grief that were too unbearable. I didn't necessarily know how to process them or explain the physical or mental pain that I was in. There was even moments where I didn't understand what to do in the next moment, the next day, or even how to take a next breath in situations of grief. And grief can stay too long and sometimes find a way to just live in our mind, also in more than one way. It can be from a reoccurring event, trauma, hurt, broken relationships, lost opportunities, mistakes, and feeling alone, feeling forgotten or not, unseen, or not seen. All of these are a state of grief, or all of these are a feeling of distress and great sorrow, which is grief. Mary was holding all this fear in, fear of the unknown, not knowing how to process the pain of losing such a close friend. We know that Mary was close to Jesus because she was the one who took the most expensive oil out of the alabaster jar and poured it upon his feet, done out of a place of honor and praise for her king. Pouring this oil was actually preparation for the burial, which is where she thought that Jesus would stay. But we learn from Mary is that she gave everything to a man that she knew and, and who she loved with not expecting anything in return. But God is a God of unexpected blessings, and he had different plans. Little did Mary know that the pain and the grief that she experienced at the death of Jesus would bring her 
to where she needed healing. Which leads me to my second point this morning. Jesus came in an unexpected way. The beauty of the resurrection isn't in the fact that the tomb is empty, but it's in the appearance of Jesus. It's not the argument that the resurrection really happened that convinces people. Rather, it's a personal encounter that changes people's point of view. Jesus' intimate, unexpected appearance solidifies our faith. His presence is what convinces people that he is alive. Now we're jumping back to the story of Mary and Lazarus. Just follow with me here for a second. So Mary and Lazarus, um, okay, so yes, so setting the scene. Mary was heartbroken over the fact that her brother Lazarus had died. Jesus comes into that story and he talks to both Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were there, but Jesus took Martha separately aside and told her, I am the resurrection and the life. This plays into the unexpectancy that Mary didn't understand when she was standing at the tomb that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life when he told Martha. She wasn't aware because scripture says in John 11 that she was in the house. So Martha knew, but Mary didn't, which when Mary goes to the tomb, makes sense, she wasn't aware yet that when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, he was meaning physically and eternally. So Mary was unexpected by that, but also she was unexpected by the voice that she heard behind her. In verse 16, it says, Mary, Jesus said. She turned and cried out, Rabbani, which means she also turned out and cried out, teacher. In this moment, she recognized his voice, even when she couldn't see him clearly. John 10, three to four says, the sheep know his voice. In John 3, 10.3, it says, the, geek, the gatekeeper opens up the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, after he gathered his own flock, he walked ahead of them and followed him because they know his voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. Mary knew his voice because she was close, and she chose to learn and to grow with him and for him. She was loved by him. So church, we need to know his voice. Just as Mary did as she went early in the morning to go honor him, we need to know his voice by spending time in prayer, spending time praising him, and spending time worshiping him, just like Mary did. When the pain and the hurt is standing in front of you, and it feels like a dark and an empty tomb, we need to know his voice that will guide us towards the green pastures and the stillness held by his peace. What really caught Mary off guard, I wonder, is the fact that Jesus was alive standing in front of her. (laughs) Imagine what had flooded her mind. The emotions, the excitement, the nervousness, the awe. Questions like, is this real? Can someone pinch me? Like, am I dreaming? All within a moment of each other, the woman who was going to wash the body of the king that was beaten, bruised, buried, had suddenly unexpectedly been standing behind her as the Savior that has now washed her from all sin. As the Savior had washed her from all sin, she was now clean. She was now forgiven. She was now healed of all pain. She was now set free from all bondage, and she was no longer a slave to fear. What she thought was the end of a chapter as she went to go wash the body of Jesus began the beginning of her new story, set free, pure, washed, and church, that goes for you the same. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead, you are now forgiven. You are now set free. You are no longer a slave to fear. 
Jesus, I'm sorry, Mary was transformed by Jesus in such a small moment, seeing the power of his resurrection no longer in the empty tomb, but it was in the fact of his power of his presence. Leading me to my last point this morning, that Mary ran with freedom and hope. After Mary pulled herself together, because she probably was a well of tears, which exactly probably what I would have been if I was seeing Jesus in front of me that was supposed to be dead, but now is alive. Jesus says to her in verse 17, Do not cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father, your Father, to my God, your God. Mary Magdalene found, Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord, and, they ga- and gave him his message. I find it so beautiful that God chose Mary, his close, close friend, to be the first one and to be the first evangelist to go and tell the good news that Jesus had ro- risen from the dead and has been set pe- setting people free. I find it so cool that he also chose her as a close friend because she was the one who honored him in so many different ways in scripture. She was the one who honored him as she went early in the morning. She was the one who honored him as she poured oil, expensive oil upon his feet. She was the one who honored him as she went and declared his truth and resurrection to his friends. I'm not sure if you caught that, ladies, but the authority has also been given to you and not to just men. We as women, as daughters, sisters, are also given the opportunity by the blood of Jesus on on the cross to go and share the good news and declare to the world and the lost sheep that don't know his voice. We have that opportunity as well. So I picture this young woman running so fast, not caring about what anyone thought of her, not caring about the lies, not comparing herself, and only having her eyes fixed on one thing, fixed and focused on the fact that Jesus was alive. It was a pivotal moment for her, and she was changed. She had a lot to celebrate. The the freedom that Jesus brings is worthy of our celebration that we can give him. It's almost like Jesus had a surprise party ready for Mary. She wasn't expecting what he was going to do. And Mary used her voice to declare that he was alive and to honor and celebrate the Savior and the King of Kings. She was a close friend to him. And she wanted to honor Jesus in every way. The relationship that she had with Jesus wasn't a religious one, but it was a pure relationship because she was impacted by the presence and the fact that he loved her so much. And so when we're doing this out of a place of honor, when we're spending time with him, when we're pouring oil upon his feet, when we're pouring everything out that we have, it's not out of a religious, I have to do this, but it's because we have a relationship with Jesus, because what he's done for us is better than what we could ever imagine. And so when we tell people this good news, it's not some religious thing that we carry, but it's out of a pure love because he has washed us and made us clean that we get to do that. So I believe in my heart, if you are a close friend of Jesus, or if you want to be a close friend of Jesus, that our purpose is to go and do the same as what Mary did, as she was the first one to bring the torch and carry out to all of the nations saying, Jesus is alive. Us as disciples have that job and have that responsibility to go and do. Jesus also says in verse 17, do not cling to me, meaning he was about to leave and return to the Father. The spirit he was leaving for us so that we wouldn't have to do this alone. The authority through Jesus had been given to you. 
I find it fascinating, fascinating in verse 17, it also says, your God, my God, your God, my father, your father. And so Jesus is the son of God. And we are also declaring, even in the worship song this morning, that I am a child of God. So what is the difference there? We both have the authority of the Holy Spirit to go and tell and to lead us to the people, to the broken, to the sheep that don't know his voice. This freedom, this, his spirit brings freedom. This freedom was given to us when the temple drapes were torn. This freedom is yours by the blood and the body of Jesus. As his disciples, as his children, as his loved ones, as his, even the loved ones that he said were his disciples in the scripture. Um, will you choose to bring the freedom to the broken, the hurting, and the lost that need to know his voice? In closing, and as we leave this building today, I don't know what emotions or heartbreak or situations that you might be going through at home or even in your mind or in this current situation. You might be feeling like you're walking towards an empty and dark tomb, feeling hopeless and empty. But my goal for today was to remind you of who your father and the savior is that you are serving. He is standing behind you just like he was for Mary. Even though she didn't see him in those moments, she had to change her point of view. She had to change her feet and she had to change where she was looking for he was standing right behind her. He's also standing alongside you as you walk through this or whatever area of life that you need breakthrough or freedom in. And he's also going before you with his Holy Spirit leading you and guiding and making the way. Mary rushed to tell her friends and to tell about Jesus who she dearly loved and that he was alive. She ran to tell this hope and how in an instant he healed her heart. She ran knowing the God that she was serving. And so as we leave today, I just want to remind you of the God that we are serving and the Savior that we are serving, the one who has paid our debt for our freedom. So I want to share with you a tiny piece of uh, another sermon that I know that has been dear and close to my heart, but it paints this picture of who Jesus is and who our Father is and who is the God that we are serving. And so if you even don't know Jesus today, but you want to know who he is, this is who he is. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of all creation and the creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was, always is, always will be, unmatched, unmoved, unmatched, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised but brought healing. He was pierced but eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom, and he rose to bring power. He reigns to bring peace. So remind yourself that he is light, he is love, he is longevity, and he is Lord. He is power and goodness, and he is a faithful God. He is holy, righteous, powerful, and pure. His way is right, and his will is eternal. His mind is unchanging, and his mind is on you. He is the wisdom to the wise and the power to the powerful, the leader of all leaders. He is the ancient of days and the ruler of all rulers. His goal was a relationship with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you, never mislead you, or never forget you. He will never overlook you and never cancel an appointment in his appointment book. When you fall, he will lift you up. When you fail, he will forgive you. When you are weak, he is strong. When you fear, he is your courage. 
When you are broken, he will mend you. When you are blind, he will lead you. When you are hungry, he will feed you. When you face trials, he will be with you. When you face persecution, he will shield you. And when you face problems, he will comfort you. When you face loss, he will provide for you. And when you face death one day, he will come and meet you and carry you home. He is everything to everyone, everywhere, at every time. He is your God. He is your savior. He is the Jesus that rose from the grave. And he is the one that you belong to. Mary's new beginning was when she declared that Jesus was alive. Mary's new beginning is when she declared freedom and breakthrough in her life. Mary's point of view was changed and she drew near to him in a season of grief and heartbreak and distress. And unexpectedly, she stayed close to him and saw a savior behind her. And when she brought, and when he brought her the gift of freedom and redemption, she didn't hold it in, but she shared the riches that she was given. She chose to remain close to him. And this is how Mary's point of view was changed. And so this morning, we're gonna sing the song, I Speak Jesus, one more time. We're gonna declare the truth the freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit that we have living inside of you. I don't know what breakthrough in any area of your life that you're needing, whether that's your family, your finances, but together I wanna proclaim healing. I wanna proclaim um, the truth of who our God is because when we rejoice and we sing out loud and when we praise and, pr and pray to him, things change. Things change, things change, things change. And I know that God is uplifted and rejoices with our praises. And so together, let's stand, church, let's stand, because I know that there's something within you that wants to be like Mary and declare that God is alive, to go and tell the people of the world that Jesus is alive. I was feeling as I was praying, that us as a church, we no longer can't just sit around and we have to move, we have to move, we have to move. Just as fast as Mary did, she ran to go and tell her friends. She ran and ran and ran and she didn't stop until she got there. So church together, will you also take that challenge and run and tell the hurting, the broken and the lost that need to know this healing, that need to know this power, that need to know the Holy Spirit, that they are loved, that they are seen by a savior that is more than we can ever imagine. And I know that we know who he is. So together, let's worship. If you can pray, let's start praying out loud right now over any situations in your life, of any area that you need breakthrough. I just ask that you come and you bring that out of your mouth. When you speak, the atmosphere changes and the Lord hears us. So let's pray and let's pray and let's praise the Lord this morning. Thank you guys.